Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, and there's lots of conversations to be had today, did you know that there's a company out there that is 3D printing meat? I'm not making that up. I actually just wrote about it. It's up on KPL965.com. I will get into that a little bit later uh, because that story affects me on a deeply personal level. Um, and I'm not sure why, other than it looks wrong. Apparently, though, it is, I, I say real meat, although it didn't come from a cow. But anyway, we'll get into that later. Lots of more important things to talk about, like continuing to discuss what John Bell Edwards said in his State of the State speech yesterday. Of course, you got it for three hours if you listen to Moon today. Uh, and, and a few things to piggyback off of there, but also just in general what to expect in this legislative session. We've also got Kyle Ardwin saying he's not going to be seeking re-election. And part of his statement was aimed at people who have been attacking him and attacking his office over voting machines used in Louisiana. I'll get into that in a little bit as well. But uh, lots of stuff in the state to be talking about, and I'll get to that. But I want to start with this story very quickly I know, I've mentioned like five subjects already. Alvin Bragg, the district attorney in Manhattan, has filed a federal suit against Jim Jordan and House Republicans in Washington, D.C. Now, why has he done that? Well, he's saying that their investigation into his indictments against Trump represents a, an illegal intrusion of the federal government into local prosecutorial manner, matters. And Bragg is showing all of the competency that his office showed in filing those indictments against Trump in the first place because this suit has absolutely no merit. It is the job of Congress to investigate these matters at their discretion. It is not interference for them to want to investigate what Alvin Bragg has done, why they want to do it, against somebody who who has declared themselves a candidate for federal office. And yet that's exactly what Bragg is alleging in his suit against Jim Jordan. He's fighting back. He's, he's what's the phrase me thinks he doth protest too much. Bragg is kind of overcompensating for the fact that he's got a very weak case against Donald Trump. And the larger problem here, even as the Democrats, the liberals, uh, the progressives, all legal analysts on that side are saying, the problem here is that what an incredible waste of an opportunity to indict Trump. There are investigations against Trump that have a little bit more merit that would actually make it to trial and and I think are due a trial. I'm not saying that Trump is guilty on these, but they are issues that, from a legal perspective, are issues that should worry Trump more. The investigation uh, in Fulton County about whether or not he tried to influence the outcome of the election there by the recorded phone call with uh, Georgia's Secretary of State, uh, Brad Raffensperger, uh, there are the multiple investigations by the Department of Justice into the uh, the the classified documents found at Mar-a-Lago. The DOJ is now focusing on obstruction charges. That could be pr- fairly serious against Trump. But none of it really matters because having Trump behind bars would still not prevent him from running for president. And so... What a waste of Alvin Bragg to be the first one out of the gate with indictments and make it look incredibly weak and really undermine the public perception of those other cases. 
as the progressives are saying. They just they they fear it's a waste of Republicans, conservatives all feel it's a waste of resources because none of these indictments are actually that you can't actually charge Trump with them because you haven't named the other felony that you're using to turn those misdemeanors, which have expired under the statute of limitations into felonies that make you that, that allow you to charge them as felonies. It's very weird, very convoluted legal strategy that Alvin Bragg is using. And, you know, maybe it does go to trial. Maybe it doesn't go to trial. But it's an incredibly weak case based on the information that's out there and the information that Alvin Bragg's office himself has leaked to the press. And so the House of Representatives, Republicans in the House, who have made it a point to investigate the weaponization of government and the weaponization of the justice system, are now looking into that to see... You know, what's behind what's actually driving it? And if and if this is just a political witch hunt trying to affect a federal candidate and Alvin Bragg is saying you can't do that when, frankly, the House can. It's well established that the House can look into those things. So all of that aside, that's your national story. That's the one I'm going to get into because it's the most breaking thing right now. But I want to get to the state stuff now. Because the legislature is in session now. There's headlines being made all over the country. Hey, Republicans have an even bigger advantage in the legislature in Louisiana. The, the Democrats have another defector. Yay! You and I both know that doesn't mean a damn thing. Quantity over quality. We do not have the quality, so the Republicans are trying to get the quantity. And it doesn't matter because you heard Moon say this morning, I'm fairly certain he's right on this. There's enough votes in the Senate to raise the spending cap in the state of Louisiana. Talk about no budgeting tricks that John Bell Edwards was uh, proclaiming. The Republicans are going to go along with John Bell Edwards to raise the spending cap in the state of Louisiana so they can spend more money that you and I don't have. The Republicans are going to give into this request, just like the Republicans on the national level are really considering raising the debt ceiling. You have members of the Republican Party in Washington, D.C. who are fine with raising the, spend, the, the, the debt ceiling. You have Republicans in Baton Rouge who are more than willing to raise the spending cap. Do you know why? Because they oh, the media is just going to be so mean. We're not going to be able to pay for things that citizens need if we don't raise the spending cap. Allow me to take a moment. Lean away from the microphone. Make some cuts. That's all you've got to do. You just make some cuts to the budget. There are places where you can cut money. Not a lot because the legislature has spent decades trying to protect every source of revenue and income, every dedicated dollar. They don't want it all to be cut. That's why we feel the need to increase the spending cap because we've protected almost every dollar. But you can make cuts. You can absolutely make cuts to the budget, and you don't have to increase the spending cap. Don't tell the Republicans that the Republicans are just afraid that Tyler Bridges, that the advocate, is going to write something really mean about them and how the Republicans are threatening essential services to those poor Louisiana citizens, those lower-income Louisiana citizens, people who really need the services government can provide. I'm sorry. I've said it over and over. I'm fine with what you spend so long as you make the cuts to actually be able to afford it. And the Republicans, time and again, simply aren't making the case for why they need to spend it. 
and they're not showing me they're capable of making any serious cuts to be able to afford the things they want to spend. So you can have John Bell Edwards up there proclaiming that he saved LSU Tiger football and that he is the reason the, the women's basketball team won a national championship. He can sit there and say he saved LSU. He can, he can say all this wonderful stuff. He can excoriate Republicans for not passing a minimum wage uh, increase. He can say all of these things. You and I both know that what he has said has been a lie. He has used budgeting gimmicks. John Bill Edward has used budgeting gimmicks to make his budgets work and make it appear that there is a budget surplus. No, we didn't use one-time money. We use all recurring funds to pay for recurring things. I'm sorry, but claiming federal money that comes in after storms that happen almost yearly isn't recurring income. Because one day those storms ain't going to happen. Just like this past year, the storms really didn't impact Louisiana all that much. As a result, you know, that's one year of federal emergency disaster money we're not getting for this set of storm, for for the, the, the storm season. What happens if we go through that again? What happens if we go through that a few times? All of a sudden, well, man, we stopped getting that federal money and we're still spending at levels like we're still getting federal money. We'll have, to, we'll have to raise taxes to pay for this stuff because we can't cut these things. They're essential things. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the program. I've got some calls in the line. I'm going to take y'all, put y'all into the system. Uh, we're going to come back from this break here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Okay, yeah, I had to add that one to the bumper list. Holding out for a hero. That's what Louisiana's been doing for years. For years, Louisiana's been holding out for a hero. And then finally, finally, we had John Bell Edwards come along and save LSU football. Finally, the hero Louisiana deserves, John Bell Edwards. All right, let's go to the phone lines, 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. By the way, you can also send a message to the KPL app chat. Forgot to mention that earlier. Love talking with y'all there. But right now, we've got a call on the line. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on? Hey, it's Sean. Hey, Sean, what's up? Hey, uh, we still talking about Ardwan or what? Yeah, I'm going to get to Ardwan. Okay, well, uh, he might need to... Get a little thicker skin if he's going to run in Louisiana politics because isn't it his job to regulate elections and check into all of this? Was he not aware of the qualifications? He was. He's not running for re-election because of health concerns. Health concerns, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, let's talk about um, – I'm sure he was part of the, uh, the part to uh, – Bring back Latoya Cantrell recall. They had sixty-seven thousand signatures. Forty thousand of them were invalid. That is mathematically impossible. It's not really. It, it's. I'm, I'm sorry, Sean. No, it's. It's not mathematically impossible. If the if the committee to get those signatures didn't do their job, which they didn't. I mean, there's there are multiple pages that they have shown where people were just filling in Disney characters' names. In a place like New Orleans, you really think that incompetent people aren't running the show, including Latoya Cantrell? I mean, I'm I'm sorry. They sat, I, I, 
I, I think sat it, on the shelves for days, and okay. it's so corrupt. Somebody's got to have some spine and do something. And that and was his job. That's that's not his job. His, the, the The job was to verify what the clerk of court in New Orleans said, and they the registrar of voters there, and they found, and his his office confirmed it. I don't understand how the the failure to recall Latoya Cantrell is somehow Ardwan's fault. Okay, so we raise concerns all the time, and I know you don't like Trump. We raise a concern, and then it's brushed under the rug. Oh no, that's not that's not valid. That's not valid. So everybody has a job to do. What about the voting machines? What was a uh, uh, I can't think of the uh, the company now. Dominion. But we had questions about that. And independent auditors came in and verified that everything was on the up and up. Louisiana has one of the most secure voting systems in the country. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I could tell. The way the way John Bell got into office twice, I could tell we're real secure. Oh, real. no. I'm, I'm, no, I'm sorry, Sean. That's no. The way John Bell Edwards got into office is very explainable. The first go-round, you had a lot of people who didn't like David Vitter, and so they went with the Democrats. The second go-round, you had a candidate who alienated an entire congressional district and got them to either vote for John Bell Edwards or stay home. That's not, that's not something that is a corrupt voting system. That is bad Republican politics. Republicans cost themselves both of those elections. That's why the party has gone with a controversial and really early endorsement of Jeff Landry, one that would actually will probably prove beneficial to Jeff Landry and get him into a runoff against Sean Wilson. So I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't see that concern. I don't see where any of this is Kyle Ardwan's fault. Having been somebody who has covered elections in the state of Louisiana, having seen how the system has been run for years, including under Ardwan, we have a very secure system. There have been multiple times when auditors have been called in to verify. It's not something about Dominion stealing the election in Louisiana. It's the fact that Republicans can't win a vital election like the governor's mansion because Republicans are idiots in terms of choosing candidates. So I'm sorry. I didn't I I was going to get into the whole Kyle Ardwin thing. He is in his statement that he released to the public, he is pushing back on claims like from folks like Sean. I'm sure some of you out there, too, who are undermining Louisiana's election system. Yes, some of you have concerns, and yes, some of you have questioned the use of Dominion voting systems. But there's been no widespread effort in Louisiana to overturn a major election using those Dominion voting systems. It's very hard to do that in Louisiana. It's very difficult. One of the problems with the Dominion system, was, and, and this is on a state-by-state thing, has been the use of the, of the combined paper and digital. Louisiana doesn't do that. Louisiana takes the hard drives from those systems, plugs them into an intranet that nobody from the outside can access, that goes straight to the Secretary of State's office. There's nothing there that interferes with or corrupts or switches that data over, which is why Louisiana's system has been so efficient. Over the years, I mean, you can you can talk all you want about the Dominion and Trump's election getting stolen. The Dominion voting machines did not steal any elections in Louisiana. Republicans were idiots. In terms of how they managed their elections, it was purely a Republican problem. 
232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app. We'll be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. Now, speaking of Dominion voting systems, because I don't think I've angered enough people yet, uh, Fox News has actually won part of their legal battle in uh, their fight against Dominion. Remember, Def- Dominion is suing Fox News for defamation, saying that Fox News hosts knew that the claims about a stolen election in 2020 were BS and that they are uh, and, and that they have defamed their company. They're, they're trying to sue uh Fox for a ton of money, more money actually than I think their company was last valued at. Um, but Fox has won a legal battle. A judge has ruled, and this is interesting. Uh, a judge has ruled that Dominion can't mention January sixth at the news defamation trial. Um, so again. January 6th is I mean part of that part part of the whole soul election thing was everything that happened on January 6th where a bunch of live action role players went and played Patriot at the Capitol for a little while caused some serious damage several of them have been uh, arrested some are awaiting trial all that's going on but what happened on January 6th is not legally from a legal standpoint is not related to the defamation trial. So a judge has said, look, this, this has nothing to do with what you're, you're arguing with that. You're arguing defamation on uh, move on from January 6th. So dominion will not be allowed to mention January 6th at the trial uh, for at the defamation trial against Fox news. So kind of a back of this, this is an interesting legal case. One of the things that that even anti-Fox News commentators have pointed out is this opens the door for a lot more defamation cases against media outlets, not just Fox News, but a lot of media outlets. And a lot of media outlets have been sued recently in high profile cases for defamation and have lost. Consider, I forget the guy's name, the uh, the student who came face to face with that activist outside the Capitol and he was trashed by CNN and other outlets, uh, the Washington post, I think. Um, and when you look at the full video of what happened, that activist approached the kid, the kid wasn't blocking him, wasn't standing, it wasn't being racist or anything like that. The activist was taunting the kid. And once that video was out, it was, it was game over on that defamation case, uh, CNN. And, and I think it was the Washington post. They settled with that kid. Um, so, but there's a lot of people that look, if a cup, if a news organization, if its hosts are going to be held responsible for, um, if the hosts are going to be held responsible for the guests are brought on to say, that opens up the door for a lot more defamation cases against news outlets, and that could severely compromise journalism depending on how you look at it. So there are some legal concerns with the defamation case. Now, Dominion obviously has taken a severe blow to its public relations because of the 2020 stuff, you know, some of which, you know, in the last segment and everything, but some of it on the nationwide scale. And with the questions of 
the validity of elections, with the attacks against the validity of elections, a company that specializes in voting systems really can't allow its product to be seen as deficient in secure, in, in running secure elections. And this has nothing to do with my feelings for the previous administration. The fact of the matter is, when you have multiple investigations that have looked into this and if they've found nothing wrong with it, and a news company is bringing these guests on to talk about all this as if there is some silver bullet out there that would take out Dominion and invalidate an entire presidential election, they have opened themselves up to it. I think, ultimately, Dominion loses the case. But it is a conversation now that we do need to have about media and about who they can bring on, who they shouldn't bring on, if they shouldn't bring on conspiracy theorists. I mean, come on, let's take a look at what's been on CNN, what's been on MSNBC. We can have these conversations about these whack jobs that have appeared on the progressive outlets. But when you have people who are conspiracy theorists on Fox talking about these sorts of theories and Fox gets sued for defamation over it, all of a sudden you've just opened up the floodgates for any number of con- of conservative groups to go after MSNBC and CNN for the conspiracy theories they have day in and day out aired about Donald Trump and others in the Republican Party. It's a very slippery slope in, in on the legal front. And this judge is now saying, look, everything that happened tied with Trump and the stolen election stuff does not mean that you have to, uh, that you can bring it up in court. January 6th has nothing to do with your argument that you were defamed over the uh, 2020 election. Move on. And that's what we're seeing in this. So Dominion voting suffers a legal setback. It, It wants to paint this narrative that Fox is responsible for all this chaos and all this terrible stuff because they defamed Dominion so much. And a judge has said no. So, That, I think, is a very, very important point in the ongoing Dominion legal drama and one that we need to pay attention to. We need to pay attention to that Fox legal battle against Dominion because it could have some very big effects on the media landscape in general. 232-1542, if you want to weigh in, be part of the conversation, there's a story, let's see how much time, okay, I've got enough time to start this and then finish it in the next segment. Uh, There's a story that is well below the radar right now, and I think you all should be aware of it because it does actually impact Louisiana indirectly, but all of us as American consumers in a broader aspect as well. Do you remember when energy prices had spiked super high? They're on the rise again, but they had spiked super high over the summer. And Joe Biden was blaming Russia, but also was blaming the oil and gas companies, saying they were making an obscene profit. And the Democrats went right along with the attack. They were attacking the oil and gas industries. And to be fair, those companies were making Solid profits. Well, what is the whole point of profit in capitalism? It's not just to get people rich. I mean, that's part of it. But if you are a capitalist and you are providing a service, you take the money you make from providing that good or service and you reinvest it into something better. 
all of the oil and gas companies are sitting on some pretty righteous war chests right now. And what are they doing with it? They're reinvesting. ExxonMobil is one of those companies. ExxonMobil is in talks with a company called Pioneer Natural Resources. They are looking to reinvest by buying Pioneer Natural Resources and get further into natural gas drilling, shale drilling, shale production. And below the surface, this is, hey, look, it looks like the oil and gas industry is consolidating. Some of these bigger companies are buying some of the smaller companies and the work is going to continue. There's a lot of money being moved around on this. That's on the surface. But below the surface, I think there's a political angle here. Joe Biden's administration came into power saying they were going to put their foot on the throat of the oil and gas companies. They were vowing to make it almost impossible to draw any profit from fossil fuels. And they put up a lot. They, they regulated a lot of the stuff that Trump had deregulated. They put up a ton of red tape. And a bunch of the oil and gas companies said, all right, we're just going to, you know, start paying back our investors now. The investors are going to get their money back. It takes 10 years for us to be able to draw any profits from new production. You're basically making new production impossible. So we're just going to go ahead and we're going to pay our investors back and we're just going to sit tight for a while until circumstances change. Well, circumstances did change and oil and gas companies actually made a pretty decent amount of money through the energy crisis. Was it great? No. Obviously, you and I don't want to pay more in energy costs, but it is what it is when it's becoming tougher to come by and these companies are having to bring more in and the U.S. having to import more because we are no longer energy independent. But now they've got all this money. And so what they're doing is they're reinvesting. They're going after these natural gas, uh, these shale drilling companies. They are looking to reinvest and open up new production. And they're going to have the money to not just do that, but also fight the Biden administration. See, Biden can't outlaw oil and gas drilling. But what he can do is make it prohibitively expensive with all the regulation and all the everything they put in place to try to make it cost as much as possible. Well, now the gas and oil companies, now they have a ton of money so that they can fight those regulations. They can go ahead and just pay the fines, pay the fees, and they can start those new productions. That benefits you and me here in Louisiana, which is we still have an economy that's very reliant on oil and gas. Damn the Edwards administration for trying to chase it all out. But it also affects us as American consumers. If the oil and gas companies start this reinvestment, they start purchasing these smaller companies, they start up investing in new production, oil and gas is a speculative market. It's a futures-based market. Just the idea that there could be new production coming down the pike means more of the prices drop. If they suspect that production is tightening, the prices go up. Law of supply and demand. If they don't think there's going to be a supply and there's going to be increased demand, prices go up. If they think that the supply is going to increase, prices are going to come down. It's a futures market. And that looks like what these oil and gas companies are getting started with. They are sitting on a ton of capital right now, and it looks like they're planning to use it. And this is going to be a big political test for Joe Biden if it ends up being true. We're staring down a recession. Inflation's still high, but we could be staring down a recession. 
things are going to get very tough for a lot of Americans. Do we really need higher energy prices? Is the Biden administration going to fight more production to keep in energy prices high, even though we're in a serious economic crisis and heading into an even worse one? If he does, that means he's all on board with the environmentalists. He does not care about the average American and their struggles with costs and everything right now. That will hurt him politically. But if he caves to the oil and gas companies and he decides to go ahead and allow for more production and allow them to be able to do more work, well, that's going to cost him with his base, the the heavily environmentalist base, the, the loud vocal minority that it may be, but that still hurts him among Democrats. That opens the way for other Democrats to come in and subvert him. And he doesn't need any subversions at a time when a chunk of his party already doesn't want him to run for reelection, but they have no other options. It's a very tough political position for Joe Biden. How does he navigate it? Well, he's going to try to say once again, you know, the oil fields have been open all along. It's the companies that didn't want to do it. And the companies can go back and say, well, at the time, You told us production was going to be prohibitively expensive. You put up a bunch of regulations. But now, because of all these obscene profits, now we have the money to start the new production. Are you going to stop us? And if he puts up more red tape and puts up more more barriers to production, then you know what side he's on. And he'll think that he can get reelected despite that. But every American in the country facing higher energy costs is going to know that this is because of Joe Biden's policies. America can be a net exporter if it weren't for the people in charge. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, let's take this break. We'll be back again in just a moment right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. That's right. I decided that I needed to close out the show with Weird Al. It was just that kind of day. Um, there's a... There, there's a lot of stuff going on. I do have good news for you. If you are interested, some great news. There's a couple things over at Seize the Deal that you should be aware of right now. Pizza Artista, you can get a $15 voucher for $750. Sounds like a great idea, personally. Uh, ATF Bistro, $7 for a $14 voucher toward food and drinks. at Epic Family Entertainment Center for one hour all-access unlimited play voucher. And a $15 voucher for Chill House is only $750. All that available at Seize the Deal, those are going to go pretty quick. You need to make sure that you take advantage of those deals right now. Pizza Artista, ATF Bistro, Epic Family Entertainment Center, and Chill House Those over at Seize the Deal, take advantage of that right now. All right, getting back to the news of the day. I have avoided this subject because, okay, I did not know. I have no idea what a Dylan Mulvaney is or why it's happening to us. Not a clue. Did not follow the story, didn't, don't know the origin story here, boggles the mind that someone that has apparently decided that they can be a caricature of women can somehow identify as trans and be a hero for the type of stuff that comedians have been excoriated for mocking women over for decades. And yet here we are, 
as Dylan Mulvaney is allowed, is given legitimacy by, by multiple companies. And the Nike stuff now is just odd. I mean, Dylan Mulvaney with the body of a male who puts on makeup is now the icon for sports bras. It's it's in, it's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. And don't get me started on the other stuff, but we've gotten to this point. We've gotten to this point where dedication to the trans issue is the the, the most important thing today. That's how in the progressive circles right now. That's the hot new thing is is declaring your allegiance to the trans cause, not the LGBT cause, although they say that. Join join the the multicolored flag alphabet crew, but it's all about the trans community at this point. And if you're virtue signaling your support of the trans community, you're fine. But God forbid you don't want a child to be taken to a sexually explicit drag show. Not, I'm, I'm not even here to talk about all drag shows are evil or anything like that. We've all been drunk at a party somewhere and something happened and, and somebody comes dressed in the wrong thing. And it's a good laugh. Or like I mentioned, The Birdcage, one of my favorite movies of all time. Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, a bunch of Robin Williams movies involve a man dressing up as a woman. It's not like the conservatives are saying we need to ban Robin Williams movies. What they're saying is we don't want to see grown men dress as women grinding on teens, underage teens. We don't want that. We don't want to see that. And somehow, and this, again, I've mentioned this before, but this boggles my mind, really, and I've run way too long on this. But this is what really boggles the mind. We've lost the plot on this. All right, you guys have a great day. Again, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, or email me Joe at RedState.com. Been a blast. I'll talk to you guys again soon right here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL.